Hello, beautiful humans. We are back. It is breaking bread. We want to thank all you lovely subscribers for everyone who has been watching. I was literally going to say our YouTube channel, but we don't have one yet. That's prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> but for everyone who has been listening, we just thank you and who has been sharing. Uh, we know that God is doing great things with the podcast yes. and that there's just so much more to come. So we're so excited. Um, so today we have our youth pastor, Izzy and I's youth pastor, um, Eli. And so he's going to share a little bit about himself and then just go ahead and start sharing what it's like to be a youth pastor. Yeah. So do I go? Yeah, yeah go. All right, let's go. Let's roll. So, yeah, um, I'm the youth pastor at um, Palabra de Dios Community Center. Um, and our youth is called Legendary Youth there mm -hmm. at 501 Auto Center Drive in the beautiful city of Enya, California. Let's Come on, go. somebody. No. So A-Town. Yeah, exactly. And um, so, yeah, I've been, I've been the youth pastor now for, let's see, a year and, what are we, in June? Yeah. So a year and five months. Wow. So going almost on a year and a half. Ooh. It's been a crazy journey. If you're a youth pastor hearing this, you're probably losing some hair right now as we speak. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's, it's been awesome. Want me to keep rolling or how? So how did you become a youth pastor? Like, what so, were you doing before? Okay, so before, uh, so I'm going to point this out. I've been, I'm 32, right? So Let's I'm, go. 32 years so 32 young. 32 yeah. young. And if you see me, you think I'm 22. Just Let's go. Facts. Too, you're bad, like, too bad that uh, this is not visual. Anyways. <laughs> I thought you were uh, going to say too bad that I'm married. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I'm married. Let me throw that out there. I'm married with two beautiful daughters. But soon when we have our YouTube channel here at Breaking the yeah, Bread, you'll be able to see it. But, um. So, yeah, I, I got saved in 2016, so I've been saved for five years. Uh, prior, after being saved, I served as the youth director for the last, well, before these year and five months that I've been a pastor. I've been a youth director helping our current also youth pastors, uh, Daniel and Rocio. I became a youth pastor um, a year and five months ago in January 26th. You remember the day? 2020. Why do you remember the day? I remember <laughs> the day because that's the day. I know the Bible says don't make any idols here on earth. I, I did have an idol. His name, <laughs> his name is Kobe Bryant. Um, the day that I became a youth pastor is the day that Kobe Bryant passed. And I remember being there at the 1030 a.m. Sunday service. Um, and right before they called my name, uh, me and my wife to go up and, and be ordained as the youth pastors, um, I got my little niece that comes up to me and says, you know, Uncle Kobe Bryant just died. And I was like, stop playing, right? I was like, stop playing. And she's like, no, I'm serious, Kobe Bryant. As, I, as I'm saying stop playing, I get a notification on my phone that says Kobe Bryant just was in a helicopter crash. And I'm like, oh, my God, is this serious? And then they call my name. And then I go up on stage, and they start presenting me and my wife, and they start praying over us, and I'm like looking, I'm like in shock mode, I'm like crying. People think I'm like in the presence of God. I'm really crying because Kobe Bryant just died. This is a true story. I'm gonna keep sharing it because this is how I got ordained as youth pastor. So yeah, so I got I got the blessing of becoming a youth pastor, but at the same time I was crying because Kobe Bryant had just passed away in a, Come on. In a, in a helicopter accident. But yeah, that's my story of how I became a youth pastor. But prior to that, there was there was conversation with with um, my sister Rocio, which is a youth pastor 
um, and with her husband, Daniel, which is also our youth pastor. So there was conversation, and, and it was kind of God's timing. Um, I had been uh, preaching and serving and uh, doing a lot of, of, the, of the load there at Legendary for um, maybe about a year, year and a half prior. So I was kind of coming into the role of youth pastor, and there was a lot, like people would come over, like from different churches, and they'd be like, hey, pastor, and I'm like, oh, I'm not the pastor yet, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're like <laughs> prophesying? Yeah, 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 but I'm like, okay, I'll receive it, right? Yeah. And uh, people would, you know, friends that I knew from outside be like, oh, so I see you're the pastor. I'm like, not technically, right? <laughs> so it was kind of, it was just kind of happening in God's timing, but I think God's timing is perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah January 26, 2020. So can I ask? Pandemic year. Come on, dang, Let's Jesus. Go. Yes, come on. So can I ask, like, what was your responsibilities as a youth director? Because obviously you had to transition. So, you know, I, if, if for those that know me, I, I don't really like to do things because of a title. Okay. So a lot of what I do now is the same thing that I did as a youth director, mm -hmm. right? Becoming a director, a pastor didn't, didn't like change me in the sense of like, oh, now that I have this title, I'm going to start doing it this way. Mm. Um, but now that I am held at a higher responsibility as a mm. pastor, there is things that I do differently now. But prior to that, I would, you know, I'd still preach the, the word of God. I'd still, you know, answer phone calls and texts from young people that had problems and issues. Um, I still love the young, the young crowd, young generation that commits many mistakes. For those that are youth pastors, the, the most important thing is just to love, love the young generation. They're not perfect, right? So we have to understand that and understand that we're not dealing with grown adults. They're going to make, you know, dumb decisions, and that's just part of of, of dealing with young, a younger crowd. Um, but yeah, I did a lot, or I helped, you know, my sister organize camp events, uh, study groups. Um, during that time, I actually, um, so the, the name Legendary mm -hmm. was actually given to me in 2017. Wow. 2017, I went for a jog. Those that don't know how did Legendary happen. So before Legendary, it was LPD Youth. Ew. Yeah. That, 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 that was our name, La Palabra de Dios Youth. It was just simple, LPD Youth. And it was just LPD Youth, LPD Youth. Yeah, so I remember going. I still was in my old house, and, and I, we had some mountains in the back, which we have mountains here too. But um, I, I told my wife, I'm going to go for a jog. And I went for a jog. And as I'm jogging, like, God begins to, like, download this word legendary. And, like, I don't know if I was listening to a song. I don't know what it was. Something triggered it. And I stood there at the mountaintop and I said, man, like, our youth is going to be legendary. Mm -hmm. And when I said that, it just sounded right. I didn't say it because, like, trying to say our youth name is going to be called legendary. Like, I was saying it in the sense of, like, prophesizing, like, our youth is going to be legends. They're yeah. going to be legendary. They're going to be remembered for what they did yeah. in, in, in our season, in our time. And when I said that, I said, man, it, like, rung in my spirit. And I was like, legendary youth. And yeah. I was like, it, it just caught on. And when I got back to the house, I said, I told my wife, this was 2017. I said, we're going to have an event called Legendary Youth Conference. And then she looked at me like, huh? And I said, we're going to have an event. It's going to be called Legendary Youth Conference. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to really try to convince my brother, which is a pastor, mm -hmm. to change our name from LPD Youth to Legendary Youth. And she was like, I like the sound of that, right? Yeah. Fast forward a year, we had our very first legendary youth conference Dang. in 2018. Oh my gosh, I can't! 
came. Yeah. You came there. Yeah, that's you that's crazy. where you that's where we met you at right. le, at 2018 legendary conference. Literally. So a year later it happened and two or three weeks before that, I believe we officially had a service where we said we are no longer LPD youth, we're legendary youth. Wow. And it's been that since 2018. Okay. And now we rolling. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So because like Rocio and Daniel were the yeah. youth pastors at first. Yeah. I mean, they still are youth pastors, but yeah. I feel like you and Jane. Have yeah. Taken so we, we've taken more of the of the of the role of being like the lead youth pastors. Yeah. But I, I honor honor is due where honors due. And mm-hmm. I honor the life of Daniel and, and Rocio, Pastor Daniel, and Pastor Rocio. They were there 11 years. Wow. Uh, since till this day it's been like 11 years right so they're still the youth pastors i always check in with them i'll never like step on their toes or override their decisions i check in with them whenever i have you know a, a spirit-led feeling for example we ha- we are in a series right now called white out yeah. mm-hmm. i didn't just go and say oh we're doing this series white out right mm-hmm. i texted them and i said hey i was studying god gave me this white out this is a series mm-hmm. and she's like let's go let's roll with it right okay. so it's just Maybe they don't they don't need that, mm-hmm. right? Knowing them how they are, they they would say, Hey, green light for whatever I want. Yeah. But just my honor to them as yeah. my elders, first and foremost, they're my mm-hmm. elders and they're my pastors. They were my pastors when I was a youth. Um, it's good to have them there on, on my corner and as a support system. Yeah. So then the vision, do mm-hmm. you feel like the vision has shifted? Ever since you became like a youth pastor, not so much because yeah. it's like, oh, I'm um, like, you know, part of it now, but yeah, I'd say the vision, the vision has always been obviously to reach the lost. That's mm-hmm. always been our vision. Um, the vision that God has placed in me, I think it, it has shifted because okay. of the of the season and times that we're in. Okay. But but I do believe that the vision now is that there's gonna be a legendary movement. Okay. So that's the vision that God has placed uh, in my heart. Um, more than just a youth group, mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a legendary move um, where, where I believe that one day, we'll, we'll see it. Maybe I'm saying, I'm saying it here for the first time, <laughs> that one day we'll probably have something called Legendary Church on, or, yes. you know, an English service at Word of God Church that's connected. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, I really believe there's a movement and a legendary move that's happening in, in our youth group that is going to not only be heard in Antioch, but be heard in, in our state, in our mm-hmm. state of California. Come I really on. do believe that. Yeah, Amen. come on, come on. excited. <laughs> Just saying that gets me excited. Yeah, it is really exciting. Yeah. Um, can you share some of your experience as a as a youth pastor? As a youth pastor, like something that maybe you weren't expecting that you were like, oh my um, gosh. So, I'm 32. I'm 32, going on 13. I'm going backwards. <laughs> uh, no, but so. This is how I feel, okay? So when I was like a teenager, right, if you go back and you're like 15, 16, 17, you look at a 30-year-old and you're like, dang, they're old, (laughs) right? You're like, oh, my God, they're like super old. Like they're ready to die, right? (laughs) Right? They're too retired. But now that I find myself at 32, I feel young. Like I'm not young like that. Like I'm not a teenage, but I still feel young like it's real hard for me to accept that I can fit in with, like, the men group, right? Mm-hmm. The men's group, right? That's, like, troubling to me. <laughs> <laughs> right? I don't, I'm like, nah, I'll probably do that when I'm, like, 40, gotcha. right? Okay. Um, so, like, I'm in the middle. So when, when going back to Izzy's question, like, 
I still have my struggles. I, I'm still, I feel I'm a young man. I, I have, I'm young married. I'm, I'm seven years married. It's not like I have super experience being married. Yeah. Um, it's not like I have super experience in life, right? Um, yes, I, 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 I'm pretty successful with my job. I do own a house and stuff like that, which is cool, right? It's not like I'm, you know, but I'm still learning as I go. So one of the most challenging things as as a young youth pastor, because I know youth pastors that are in their 40s. Yeah. I really yeah. do. And some that are in their 50s. 50s. Yeah, correct. Right? Yeah. Um, some of the challenging things is that I'm still growing also as a man, and I'm leading a younger generation. So I'm growing at the same time that they're growing. Hmm. Right? Uh, but one, the one thing that I do love is that, that I somehow still have... Uh, uh, the what would be the word connection flow. the connection and know what's relatable okay with with our youth mm. um so i have a rule okay. and i i've told my wife this is the rule and if you're a youth pastor i think every youth pastor should have the three r's okay this is my rule right i'm like three r's i know i was like <laughs> rolls royce <laughs> no i'm joking no 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 i'm like rolls royce <laughs> right so so i i really think every youth pastor and i read this because it, it's good to do your homework. It's always good to never stop learning. Mm -hmm. Like, that's yeah. one thing. Like, it doesn't matter if you're 30, 40, 50, 60. You should always continue to learn from those that have done it before you. Mm -hmm. That's just yeah. whether you, you learn from people's mistakes yeah. or you learn from people's uh, good decisions. Yeah, but you, you always learn. Mm -hmm. You always learn no matter what. A lesson, a loss, success, whatever you learn. So I read this in a youth uh, pastor book, like, probably like six years ago. Um, which is funny. I'll tell that story later. <laughs> I always, I always wanted to be a pastor as I was when I was younger, and mm -hmm. then I met this age where I decided to not be a youth pastor. Right. I didn't, I didn't want to do nothing with pastor. Okay. Like the word P was no, <laughs> no bueno. That's yeah. why I left Pittsburgh. No, I didn't. Get out of here. Um, no. So going back, so three R's. Number one, a youth pastor needs to be relational. Relational. Mm -hmm. Relational. So you need to have relationship with your young people like yes. you have to be, have relationship what do i mean by that like you have to be there for them it's mm -hmm. not like like it would be great if i just preached the word on friday which i'm good at that mm -hmm. i can preach a word but then didn't have to do nothing else that would be cool but that's not the case yeah right i have the young kid who calls me that says hey i struggle with you know homosexuality mm -hmm. i have the young kid who calls me and says i struggle with pornography mm -hmm. i have the young kid who calls me and says hey Sometimes I want to take my life away. Like, I have those kids who call me that, who, who call me or text me, and in my mind, I'm saying they are reaching out to me rather than reaching out to their parents who are probably about 20 feet away from them okay. in the other yeah. room, Yeah. right? Mm. So that's the confidence builder that, that you have to have and the relationship that you have to have with the kids because it's not like a nine to five. It does, you don't just turn it off. Correct. You know, on a, on a, at a 9.30 right. on a Friday night. Like you don't just clock out. Bye. Yeah, I don't go to youth on Friday night, 7.30 to 9, and then clock out and then don't text me for the rest of the week. No. <laughs> you, yeah, right? You have to have that relationship with, with the young people, and you have to be relational. Number two, you have to be reliable. You mm -hmm. have to be. Like, when you search for a car... You search for a reliable car. What yeah. does a reliable car give you? It could get you from A to B. A to B, and they'll get <laughs> and and they'll give you long lasting hours, and yeah. you're not gonna break down. You know, two years on. later or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You look for a reliable car. Well, young people need a reliable youth pastor. Wow. They do. They need somebody that's reliable that they can depend on that th that will answer a phone call. I know, I'm not gonna say names, but I've seen you know leaders 
Um, not from our church, of course mm-hmm. not, right? Of course uh, not. But I've been around. Not. I've been around leaders where somebody's calling them from church or something, and they're like, "Oh my God, this person's so annoying," and they hit like the the, the, the red decline. button, the decline yeah. button, and it's just like thinking, like, "Dude, like, they're obviously reaching out to you for a reason, yeah. right?" Yeah. Um, which which I'm really. I'm really good at picking up phone calls and stuff. Mm-hmm. I really am. My wife gets kind of upset because it'll be like in the middle of like our date and I'll be answering phone calls and <laughs> oh texts. Like I'm that guy, right? Uh-huh. But I really believe like we have to be reliable. If, if God places us for, for a reason and he placed us for, placed us for a position, we have to be reliable. And, la- and last but not least, we have to be relevant. Mm-hmm. We have to be relevant. And this is going to like some people are like, eh, that's necessarily not true. I don't think an 18-year-old wants to go talk to a 50-year-old okay. about what they're going through. Right. Unless it's like something drastic. But you have to be somewhat relevant. Young people want to see someone who's relevant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you have to change who you are, change your dress style, or nothing like that. What I mean by the word relevant is you have to understand their culture, what they're dealing with. Yeah. Right. If you don't understand TikTok yeah. and you don't understand... Uh, the the culture of the music in in today's day and age. If you don't understand um, the language, the language, the <laughs> shows, you yeah. know all this bet and no cap and Come all these on. things, right? right? They're speaking their own tongues. Mm-hmm. Like we can speak church tongues, but right. they're speaking their own tongues <laughs> when you hear them, right? You have to be relevant because while you stay relevant, then you know how to connect with them better. Yeah. yeah. So relational, reliable, and relevant. That's so good. Three R's. Thank on. Yeah, I just feel led to say like one thing that I feel like you do really yeah. great and that I just believe that God's like called you to do yeah. is like connect generations because oh, yeah. that's something that can be such a huge lack in churches. You know, it's oh, like yeah. the older generation and the like older generations like they yeah. don't understand us and the younger right? generation like they don't understand yeah, us. Don't so understand it's just like So I'm like in that gap. Yeah, I'm you are. Middle. You so really are. And you know what? That's what I feel like our success of our church has come, come because my brother who is a senior pastor, mm-hmm. he's 10 years older than me, yeah. but he's also, for a, for a senior pastor of mm-hmm. a church, he's also in that young stage. Because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. I'm 32, he's going to be 40, throwing, throwing his number out there, <laughs> right? He's going to be 40 next month, right? But he's also in that gap of the younger crowd, the, the millennials, and then yeah. the older crowd. And yeah. I think when you're in that gap, you can understand both sides of, of the coin, right? Yeah. And understand... Yes, this crowd needs this, but this crowd also needs this. Right. And, and you can have a, a good leveling playing field where everybody gets fed. Yeah. It's important that everybody gets fed. Come on. It's very important, yeah. Love that. Yeah. Just uh, going back to what we were saying um, with a day with Jane, how yeah. do you manage um, your ministry with family since, Ooh, okay. since you have kids and you know you want to yeah. spend time with them, but you also, like you said, you still have to be reliable for those that are calling you or texting you. Yeah. So I think um, I'm not the schedule type. I really am not. My wife is really good at scheduling. So okay. she's good. She's like the one that, you know, calendar um, the whole thing. Um, so it, it, it has become a bit tough. And I'm getting to that point where I'm, where I'm building my schedule now. I, I'm, before I would never use the calendar on my phone. Now I'm mm. using it day in, day and night. Um, getting to that. So we do have our days. So. Our Monday is our family day. Okay. So mm. when I get home on Monday from work, um, that's our day. Whether we go to Target, my wife loves Target. Same. Right, same. right, same, right. Your wife loves Target, too? No, <laughs> no I, said, I said, I love Target. Yeah, he loves Target. But when he gets, <laughs> hey, 
that's gonna be real dangerous because when you're when you get married, bro, <laughs> your wife and you Target and your too. wife love Target, you could drop three you could drop three hundred dollars at Target. Not even. Target, look, the thing about Target is <laughs> you can get Pizza Hut. Yes. You can get <laughs> Starbucks. <laughs> Wait, you can get Pizza Hut, Starbucks, yeah. and then go shopping. Yes. Right. You can get the burn whole, those calories. Yeah, you get the whole experience at Target, right? So. Whether Target, that's hilarious. <laughs> so whether we go to Target, whether we go to eat an ice cream, um, we used to go to the movies, right? Twenty twenty happened, but maybe they're opening up again. They are, yeah, they right? Are. Um, so whether we do something, that is our family day. Monday is mm-hmm. our family day, um, and then Thursday depends if she sings. But I, I have, of course, the weekend. Saturday is also an available mm-hmm. day, and Sunday after church. So we have our beautiful weekends. But our our schedule is very. We're very well into the ministry. If you know our family. Sometimes it can feel like I'm at church four days or even five days out of the seven days of mm-hmm. the week. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I'm, I live more at church than at my house. Um, so th- that Monday is key for me. Like, that's the day. And then our weekends. Other than that, yeah, we have, like, Fuel Tuesday, Wednesday service, man. Thursday practice, Friday youth, mm-hmm. right? So all these things that get filled in. Yeah. So I really key in on the on the two or three days that I have during the week. I, I give my 100% to them, mm. right? Even, even I also not only do ministry, I also have my day-to-day job, Correct. Yeah. right? So man. I was talking to a, a youth pastor that I, that I currently met from San Jose, and he visited us for our invasion tour that we had. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, and then he visited us for our conference that we had, our legendary conference. And, and then after he, we went out to eat, and he said, um, he was like, man, your guys' ministry is flourishing. It's great. Like, it's awesome, man. Like, he was like, you know, we should catch up and talk or whatever. So I caught up with him during the week, and he was like, oh, can I meet you at, like, 11? And I was like, um, I'm at work, <laughs> right. right? And he said, "Oh, you're you're gonna be working with the youth." I said, "No, no, I'm at I'm at work." <laughs> and he said, "You work?" And I said, "Yeah, I, I work." He said, "Like a, like a real job?" <laughs> I said, "Yeah, a real job, nine to five. I work. I, I I'm an insurance agent." And he was like, "You work and do ministry at the same time?" It was like a shocker because he has they they're from a pretty large church in San Jose. And he's like, dude, youth pastor is like a whole job by itself. And he was like in shock. He's like, how do you have all those youth and how do you have those services and those musicians and all that stuff going on and and schedule for all that and then have a nine to five? I said, coffee, bro. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I said, I said, hey, I said, Jesus, I I said, he keeps my motor going and and it just it just happens. Right. And he was in shock. So it is a full time. But not only that, I have daytime job family and ministry so it's three things but but god has been good i'm used to it i'm a very good multitasker i really am there's people that will just fold under pressure my wife is not a good multitasker (laughs) no uh but i'm i'm very good at it very good okay thank you to jesus Jesus. (laughs) and i and i really feel like my job is tied into my ministry okay wow yeah i really i really do i i feel like um I feel like because of the reason why I work behind a desk, the reason I work behind a desk and I talk to people on the daily, yeah. and I, believe it or not, I minister to some people sometimes behind my desk. There's mm. people that come in for insurance needs, end up giving me their whole life story, and then I end up talking to them about Jesus and 
they give their life to Christ. So I think that God has put me in a way, kind of trained me. You know how David got trained with the sheep? I feel like in a way God has been molding me and, and training me in my in my job skill, which is selling insurance. But at the same time, I get to talk to wonderful people. I get to tell them about Jesus sometimes, and they get to tell me about life. And in a way, I'm pastoring them at my day-to-day job. I find myself pastoring these random couples and families that come in, and it's helped me a lot in the way that I communicate with the with the young people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Who holds you accountable? Because, you know, there's just this whole oh. image of, like, pa- youth pastors and pastors. Like, they, they can, can do kinda, whatever. <laughs> yeah. They can do whatever they want. Yeah. Like, and nobody's going to tell them anything if they're wrong. So, like. 100% Jane. <laughs> One. Shout out to Jane. Thank 100% you. 100% Jane. <laughs> okay. For those that don't know who Jane is, Jane is my wife. <laughs> uh, my wife holds me accountable. Okay. Um, you guys know me. I can get a bit crazy sometimes. I'm not going to go, like, sideways or nothing like right. that. But she holds me accountable. Uh, there's things that I I want to do sometimes, or there's things that not that I, not that they're bad or whatever, but she's just like, uh, let let's just not do that, right? <laughs> let's just not give a person a reason to talk, or don't post that. Because sometimes, you know, I want to post some things that Come are on. in my mind and my Come heart. On. You know, I preached about not letting your heart lead you. Do not let your heart lead you, because it will lead you to do some <laughs> dumb stuff. Um, but yeah, so she she holds me accountable a lot. So it, it would definitely be my wife. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because you, you, you do you do have a good point in that. That youth pastors are not really viewed as pastors in a way. They're kinda like untouchable. They're, They're almost viewed as right? gods, dare yeah. I say. So it's it yeah, so it's it's kind of funny in a sense that you say that because it is true. But my wife holds me accountable and my and my parents, I'll be honest with you. My my dad and my mom are my not only my parents, but they're they're my counselors. Okay. They're I, I do have that relationship with my dad where where if I feel like something's happening or I feel uncomfortable or I feel like I'm not there or I feel like I'm struggling with something, I do have that that ability to, you know, give him a call or go and talk to him. And he always gives me, you know, good advice, godly oh, advice. Awesome. Yeah. They're not only your actual parents, yeah. but they're also your spiritual parents. Like, Absolutely. Let's go. Yes, yes. So then in the midst of just like your crazy life, like mm. how do you say discipline spiritually? Discipline. So one thing that I have found is true is that the more that I that I preach, okay. the more that I stay grounded. Okay. Mm. So um, right now, currently, let's say there's four days out of the week. Um, I mean, four four weeks out of the month, I'm gonna preach for sure at least two times that month. That's just the way it always goes. Pastor Rocio will preach one, somebody else will preach one, and I usually preach the other two or three. Right. Mm-hmm. So I stay pretty busy and always trying. To, to find what God wants me to speak. I stay in tune. Now, I will admit something. Okay. I am not the best at, not that I don't know how to read. I just don't like reading. Okay. Right? I really okay. don't like reading. Okay. Like, I didn't, for those that don't know, I just barely graduated. Okay. God has been faithful and merciful to me, right? Like, you um, didn't just barely, barely graduate? Not because like, I, I didn't last year or anything? It's just that I was... I was just not in that good walk with God, right? I was cutting class and doing a whole bunch of stuff. But it's just hard for me to read. When I start reading, Mm. I daze off. Like, I really do. I'm not the calm type. Mm. Like, even the way I preach, you guys see me. It's hard for me to teach. Like, it's hard for me to stay in one spot and, like, speak at one tone. Like, that's just not who I am. And that's I'm okay with that, right? Because Jane has told me, like, 
do you always have to like get a little loud? And I said, absolutely, I do. <laughs> I do. It's just part of me. It's who I am. Um, but yeah, the, the, the two or three, the more that I, that, I, that I read, or usually what I do is I'm always listening to a preaching. Okay. I'm always listening to a podcast. Okay. I'm always listening breaking bread. to Breaking Bread. <laughs> Come on. Whoa. Just shout out. Come on. <laughs> My favorite podcast. Hey. Right? Bold is going to get upset. Right. I was literally <laughs> thinking that on my earth. I love you, Bold. You already know I love you, too. Um, so the more I, I stay connected, because sometimes people are like, oh, God can only speak if you read the Bible. Yes, obviously, that's the word of God. Right. That is the word. That is the, the number one source. You should always mm-hmm. go. Right, because you can't just get fed off YouTube videos. Right, you yes. you can't. So a lot of people say, "Oh, well, I tune into my word and I just hear you know preachings all day long." That's great, but you're getting it third hand, mm. right? Mm. You're getting it through a speaker who God revealed it to him, not to you, mm. right? So that's the importance. And I always tell this to people as well: don't just depend. Young people that come to me, don't just depend on my preachings. On Friday, yeah. because I can give you a preaching, and that's great. It can motivate you. It can inspire you. It can, but at the end of the day, if you don't get your nose in the Bible, mm-hmm. because here's the thing. You can read a verse or a chapter, and then we'll, all three of us will read it, right? Mm-hmm. And God will give us all three something different. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the power of the Word of God, mm-hmm. yeah. that you can get a 100 sermons off one chapter. Come on. yeah. Everybody can view it a different way, a different perspective, and that's a great thing. So I always tell people, don't just get things third hand, right? Mm-hmm. Make sure you eat it for yourself. So it, yes, God can speak through a song, through a YouTube, through a podcast, but at the end of the day, you do have to get in his word. Yeah, and that, that's the tough part for me, okay. but that's the part where I try to stay disciplined. Okay. I try to get in my word, and who holds me accountable? Jane. Jane. Come on. Right? There's days Thank where I'm God chilling, watching Sports Center, and she's like, have you read your Bible today? <laughs> and I'm like, and in my mind, I'm like, no. So I say yes, right? Because I throw a little <laughs> white lie in there. No, I'm joking. I'm like, yeah, of course I did. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Right? <laughs> so then I, I open my, my Bible, and I have to get in the Word, right? Um, and yeah, so that that's just, Jane holds me disciplined. And um, and yeah, it, it's very important to stay disciplined. And, and stay in your word. I mean, that's just the way. If, if you want to, so here's the thing. I, I talk a lot, so no, it's, I, it just came to my mind. I, I've seen people that want to that wanna preach and want to teach, Ooh, right? Let's go. I was going to ask. Okay. Go, go for it. So I've seen that. And a lot of people that never have done it believe you just go on stage and, and, and speak. Right. And that's when you get embarrassed. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. So that's when you get embarrassed, right? So it, it, it's because, and I've been there. Believe me, I've learned my lesson. So there's, you're like, okay, when I go up there, I, I'm, I don't have to put in the time. I don't have to study much. Uh, I'm going to read this first. And when I get up there, I'm just going to, until you get up there and you notice that there's about 100 eyeballs on you. Man. And then there's like stage fright that kicks in and you're like, what am I going to say? Right. Everything you thought you were going to say just suddenly disappeared. Right. right. So there is a sacrifice that you have to pay in order to give out the word of God the way God intends it to give out. Because anybody can just go out. I don't know if you guys have been there. I've been there and I've listened to people that they give the word, but it just falls flat. Yeah. And, and, and not, not to say it in a mean way, mm-hmm. but there's people that just give the word and it just falls flat. It's a good word, but it just falls flat. And then there's somebody that can say the same exact word, and it's just like carries so much more anointing, yeah. mm-hmm. so much more. Yeah. And, and it's just that there's something on that person that God has placed 
there's a there's a mantle, there's a sacrifice. So it's not just going up there and just speaking. You really have to put in the time. You really have to get in your word. Like you really have to get in your word to to be able to give what God wants. Now, now there's people that might just have it in them that could just right. I I'm not that person. I'm not that person. Like when I'm gonna preach on a Friday night. Ain't nobody bugging me on Thursday night because Thursday <laughs> night I'm in the room. Jane knows this is my. We're actually sitting in the room where I study. This is where oh, I. Oh this God, is where I come to. right, okay. right here. This is where I come, and I'm here sometimes from eight thirty, nine p.m. to one a.m., two a.m. Mm-hmm. on a Thursday night before I preach because obviously I got to go to work the next mm-hmm. day, and then from there I go straight to church. Mm-hmm. But but there's an hours and hours you have to put in in order to give something, and people don't see that. People are like, oh, you're so. I've had somebody tell me, like, dude, you're hecka good at preaching. You're just natural. And I'm like, <laughs> no, dude, it ain't natural. Right. <laughs> like, I was just up till 2 a.m. last night. Man, come like, on. It, it's not natural. There's right. there's a time. Just like it's any, process, yeah, just yeah. like any athlete, That's so good. any, you know, whatever star that you want. They, yeah. they have to put in the practice. Right. They have to put in the time. Yeah. Same thing. When you want to be able to be a preacher a, a singer. Let's talk about singing or an instrument. Yeah. You have to put in your time. You're you're listening. You're playing your chords. Playing your all those stuff in order to be great. There has to be a sacrifice that yeah. needs to yeah. be that needs to be paid. Come yeah. Dang, yeah. that was good. Yeah. Come I just makes to think of how people probably look at you and they're like, "Dang, I want to be just like Eli. Yeah. Like it's so easy." I hope not. Like, they should want to be better than me. Come That's on. the goal. Let's go. <laughs> That's the goal. Yeah. So I must ask, uh, since you are a youth pastor, yeah. um. How can you tell, I mean, maybe it's Jane, but yeah. um, <laughs> what makes you draw the line, you know, of um, since you want to keep youth people, like young people mm-hmm. motivated or excited, but yeah. there's a line that, like you said, maybe you can go do things that you're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, I get what you mean in the sense of like not sacrificing to be relevant. That's something like yeah. unbiblical or exactly, not Exactly. Yes. I got you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Um, so I got good advice from a pastor that I know from Napa. I know a lot of people, but he gave me good advice to, to where to draw the line would be the question. Like where to draw the line of not going overboard. Right. When you're trying so hard, not hard, but you know, you're trying to be relevant and relatable. So, so there's a line that, so he, he, he was talking about how in the church, there's a lot of brothers and sisters, right? And when the sense of brothers and sisters, it's like. You know, you see people, and you're like, hey, brother, hey, sister, right? Mm-hmm. But he then he said a key word or words that, that caught my attention. He said, there's a lot of brothers and sisters, but there's not a lot of fathers and mothers. Mm-hmm. Okay? Wow. And when he said that, I said, what do you mean by that? He said, well, he's like, especially in your case, he said, in your case, it's cool to be buddy-buddy with your youth. Mm-hmm. But you have to draw the line where you are no longer bro and now you're pastor. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to know where to draw the line. So I, I know that I'm that I can be relevant with the young people, but only to a certain extent. Okay. Right. Because the young people don't know no difference. Right. Yeah. They don't. They can see you as bro Eli. And I and I'm fine. I don't need them to call me pastor, but mm-hmm. they can see me as bro Eli. Hey, bro, come here. Hey, bro, let's go there. Let's go here. Let's go to the movie theater. Let's go. Uh, let's go out to the bowling alley. Let's, mm-hmm. And that's all great. But you can't get too buddy-buddy with them to the point that when you call their attention or you, you know, 
do constructive criticism on them, they no longer see you as a father. Now they see you as bro. Mm-hmm. So that that's where I have to draw my line in the sense of not getting too caught up in being relevant with, the, with them, okay. just rele- relevant enough so that I know what's going on, but I can't be so in tune because I'm not a teenager, yeah. right? I have to keep that, not the title, but I have to keep that position like of that authority. distinction, yeah. Yeah, of the, the distinction of authority and of an elder, yeah. right? So I have to draw the line and say, hey, fr- from this moment on, hey, go have that fun. I'm going to stay here because yeah. I got to do my stuff, right? Yeah. So that therefore, when I do come up to someone and try to correct them or try to tell them, they can't be like, bro, like relax, right? Mm-hmm. Or, and, I, and I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Believe me, I've seen that where youth pastors get so caught up with their youth and they become so buddy-buddy. And I'm not saying don't be buddy-buddy, right? right? You, but at the same time, become so tight with them where they're so loose with their words, mm-hmm. right? They're so loose with their actions. Like, oh, doing this in front of this kid is not going to, you know, be bad. Or, mm-hmm. you know, listening to this secular song in front of this kid is not going to affect them. Or, yeah. you know, whatever it might be that that can be borderline yellow light, yeah. unbiblical, right? Mm-hmm. There's different convictions in everybody. So right. to one person, something might not be bad. To the next person, it might, right? So I try to stay away from those moments and say, okay, from this line on, I'll stay back. Go ahead and enjoy yourself. I'll see you on Friday at youth, right? right. Because if I have to come at you one day mm-hmm. for doing something wrong, I don't want you to throw it in my face that I was there with you. Dang. If I try to come at you one day for to correct you in something, mm-hmm. I don't want you to say, bro, but you do the same. No, I, I need them to see me as a pastor come at that on. point, right? Dang, yeah. um, so it, that's how I, I make sure I, I draw my lines by knowing when when to stop and say okay from this line on i have to just be more of a father mm-hmm. rather than being a a brother mm-hmm. right cuz you you have to draw that line as as and you'll learn as you become leaders and stuff like that you there has to be lines drawn where it's no longer uh, a friend or no longer a buddy but now you're their you're their authority you're their mm-hmm. leader right yeah. and that's the hardest thing that i've had to do because i do have friends and I do have people, fa- even family, right, that are in the youth where I'm, I'm their pastor, mm-hmm. right? And you have to draw that distinction. For example, um, my pastor, Reuben, he's not only my pastor. He's, your he's my brother. Right. He's not only my brother. He's my boss. Yeah, dang. Right? <laughs> okay, so people don't know that. Yeah. Reuben is my pastor. He's my brother. And he's my boss. And I've got it to the point where, okay, I know when he's what. Mm. At church, and people are like, people have seen me like weird. Like, why would you just call him pastor? It's Reuben. Mm. No, because at church, I call him a pastor. Mm. You'll never hear me say a Rube or Reuben at church. Mm. A pastor. When I present Rocio, Pastor Rocio. I don't say my sister Rocio. I say pastor. At work, I call him Reuben, of course. I'm not going to be a boss, right? (laughs) (laughs) But at work, I know I'm not going to talk to him as my brother right. or as my pastor. Mm-hmm. When he says, hey, I need you to file that document, file that paperwork, he's my boss. I got to do it. He pays me. Mm-hmm. That's what I get paid to do. He's my boss, right? I can't complain because he's not in the office. Well, he's going to say, well, that's what I pay you for yeah. mm-hmm. so that you can handle it, right? At the house, he's my brother. We can pull each other's hair. We both got <laughs> no hair. But anyways, <laughs> right? we can pull each other's ears and fight and do all this stuff. Yeah. But you you got to know who's who in what. Just like the Bible says, there's time to cry. Mm-hmm. There's time to rejoice. There's times, there's seasons and times for everything. Mm-hmm. And when you become more mature in Christ, you understand that wh- where where you get to do what. 
Yeah. So if, that if someone's your called <laughs> to be a youth pastor mm-hmm. and obviously like it's something that like God has been tugging at their hearts and even yeah. all the leaders are like, yeah, like what, I guess like what's important? Like, yeah. because like you're saying like truly legendary yeah. youth were flourishing. Like yeah. we're, it's like what God has put in you. Like it's just, you see that yeah. it's growing and it's very successful. And so I guess like for someone who God has put a vision in them, like, and they have this passion, but you know, it's just kind of like, what are some necessities that they yeah. need as a youth pastor that so, like, will help them get there? I will say this, and I was just talking with, with my wife and with Rocio and Daniel, Pastor Rocio and Daniel. Um, we, are, we are getting to the point where we want to lift up another set of youth pastors. Okay. We are. Um, and, and we're looking for that for next year, for, for mm. 2022. Okay. Um, and we want to lift up more leaders because I really believe that that we are in a move, a yeah. move of God. That it's spirit led, and, and it's very, it's very visual. It's very palpable. You can feel it, right? And and there's something special happening at, at our church. Um, in regards to what do you need, I would say the number one thing that you need is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Mm. That that's the number one. Um, sometimes, and I know a lot of people who want the title to serve. Right, they want the title to service. So when I when I get the title, then I'll start serving. Mm. God called David and sent him back with the sheep. Yeah. Right, it wasn't years until he became king. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God called him a king, right? Mm-hmm. But he didn't look for the stage. Yeah. He went back to the back to the green room, mm-hmm. and and he worked and and took care of the sheep. Yeah. And that's the problem. A lot of people want the title, but don't want to pay the price. It's like when you want a pair of shoes. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I like those shoes until you see the price. Oh, yeah. You're like, I'll pass. Price. Yeah, right? Right? So a lot of people want the title of being a pastor or a youth pastor, but they don't want to pay the price. Mm. Right? And there's a price to pay. And I believe that the number one thing is just being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't need any degree. You don't need any special words. Mm. You don't need any, like, you know, um, special, you know, clothing look a certain way now now there's like a thing of like youth pastors wanting to look a certain way like yeah. right skinny jeans. yeah skinny jeans and you got you got the the shades the, <laughs> the, the shades, right the, 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 the carl the carl shades. lens shades and all this stuff right yeah and you don't have to look a certain way to be a youth pastor even to be an effective youth pastor mm. if you're filled with the holy spirit and god has marked you mm. and god has stamped you i saw your post mm. right Stamped a book you're reading. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, Let's go. Yeah, yeah. And God <laughs> has like, has stamped you yeah. for that place and that calling. It's gonna flourish. Yeah. Because what God says yes is yes, and when He says no, it's no. Yeah. That's just simple as that. But I would I would just say to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and when God calls and He places and He stamps you, there is nothing that will stop you okay. from 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 reaching the call that God has placed on your life. And just to like, I guess. Am I talking a- to you? Like. <laughs> <laughs> And just to stop, add a question, <laughs> just to add a question. Yeah. So then, because like obviously as well, like you have such a great support system and oh, like yeah. God literally has brought people to oh, like my goodness. just help lift you up and like, you know, and just yeah. with the vision. So like, what would you say to a youth pastor where they're like, okay, like I'm called to do this, but like people aren't willing no. or there's no labor. So like, I, what I'm is your... talking to some right now that okay. have zero support system. Okay. That is tough. So I, I won't I won't deny that it's tough when when you're trying to do something on your own strength. Yeah. It, it takes so much energy out of you, and 
you you feel like you're carrying all the load, and it's and it's very tough. Um, I am blessed to have an awesome supporting cast, starting with you two here, right, Izzy and, and Mo, with my youth pastor, Rocio and Daniel, my wife. Um, I got Copetes and Mireya, which yeah. are awesome. Pichos uh, oh, yeah. is an amazing worship pastor, and his yeah. wife are amazing. The the worship team in general, you guys are all amazing. Um, we got Brother uh, Sergio and Serena. Yeah. I love their hearts. They are, they are, you know, servers for God. They are yeah. yes people. Um, there's just so much support. I, I've... You know, I even bless um, Rachel and Brandon, Fernando. They were yeah. with us for a season. It's important that you honor the people that were with you for yeah. a season. Some people are not going to be with you forever. That That's just important to know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but while they were there, they helped. You know, so, and there's so many others that have come and gone as well. So the support system ha- has always been a culture at our church. Okay. That's important. But what I would say for those that are trying to become youth pastors and don't have the support system, I would say, um, pray. Yeah, pray. No, I would say, honestly, I would say um, the number one thing that, well, if they're married, right? If they're married, they should be fully first focused on the support system of their marriage, right? Mm -hmm. So this is just coming from somebody that's married. If your marriage is not strong, Okay. Ooh. This is gonna be like this is like my You're not playing. That, this is my rub people the wrong way Come because on, this go. is real life and people don't like they're like, oh that's not biblical. If your marriage is not strong, your ministry won't be strong. Dang. And that's just the reality. If you can't fix your house, you can't fix the house. Mm-hmm. Right? Dang. So like a lot of people I know a lot of people and pastors who they have broken families, who have lost kids but want to save others at the church. And wow. it just doesn't work out that way. It just doesn't. It doesn't look right. It doesn't look really right. Think about because it. you have a broken home, but want to fix your home, right? Ooh. You have a broken house and trying to fix the house here at your church. And it's yeah. just, it, it, for those people wanting to come into ministry, make sure you have a strong foundation first mm-hmm. before you jump and leap into, into ministry. Because if you don't have a strong foundation, everything that you build can fall. Yeah, but when you build on the rock, which is Jesus, right? Then there's a sustain. Then mm-hmm. there's a good foundation. So I would say make sure whether you're single, if you're single, make sure you're strong uh, by yourself. If you're married, <laughs> right? Make strong sure you have Lord. a strong marriage. Yeah. And if you have leaders, now there's other people in different boats. If you have leaders that have been there, just because it's been a long time, because believe me, there's leaders that that have just been there. And somebody comes into a, a position or a title, mm-hmm. and now they're dealing with leaders that they never picked. They're just there. Wow. Right? And they just have to deal with those because of seniority, in other yeah. words. It's not because you placed them there. They might be even against your yeah. what, you're, what you're trying to accomplish, right? Mm-hmm. I would just say love those people. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right? Show them with character rather than words or trying to force anything. And... And if God has promised it, it's going to pass. It goes back to the same. If God has promised that, that he's going to make it happen or he's stamped you and he's placed you, not a single person or anything will stop it from happening. But I would say, yeah, if you're dealing with that, it's good to find a mentor. It's good to find people that will help you. It's okay. Like I work with a church out in Richmond right now. I'm working with a church in San Jose. I'm actually working with a church right up the street in Antioch as well, right, that we're connecting. They're coming over to our camp, and I'm, I'm going to introduce their camp that's going to be in a few weeks. So it's good to find 
relationships that are outside of your own church, mm-hmm. which a lot of a lot of pastors don't like that. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Right? How can Ooh, you match that? Because now a lot of churches are like, yeah. nope. Uh, yeah. It's just, just me and nothing else. So a lot of, yeah. So going back, there's a lot of churches that don't like, um, like fellowshipping, fellowship, yeah. fellowship yeah. together, right? Fellowshipping together uh, for whatever X reason. I, I, am, I am against that. I okay. am really against that. Um, I will tell you this. Even our church years back was the same way. Mm-hmm. It's like an old school thing. I don't know what it is. It's an old school mentality. It's a, it's a scary mentality it's a fearful mentality of trying to protect your own because if you go over there they're gonna take you and if and if you come over here we're gonna take you and it's just like we're not there to control people yeah Yeah. right Mm, so yeah so yeah we're not there to control people nobody is being forced to be at church like I don't get paid for this, no, yeah. none of it, right? I, don't? I don't, yeah, I don't need, yeah, yeah, exactly, right? One day, right? Jesus. One day. <laughs> but, like, why would you be at a place you don't want to be? Yeah. yeah. Right? I always ask myself that. Like, when people, I don't understand when, when I talk to people and they talk bad about their church. Mm. It's like, oh, my church is this and this. And I'm like, dude, is somebody, like, holding you hostage there? Is, Dang. like, somebody pointing a gun? Like, like, if you're going to be somewhere, be there because you love it, yeah. Yeah. right? Be there because you honor the house. Be there because you want to be there. Like, nobody's forcing you. So, like, with me is, like, I had a young kid text me, what's today, Thursday? Yesterday. They went to go visit another youth group because a friend invited them, and he was like, hey, there's nothing going on in our church. Can I? And he respectfully texted me, hey, pastor, I'm going to go here just letting you know. I said, God bless you, bro. Enjoy it. Yeah. Tell pa- I know the pastor, the youth pastor. I said, tell pastor. I said, what's up, Right? And he said, thank you, right? I'm not going to be like, no, you can't go, Yeah. right? Who am I? I'm not his, yeah, right. I'm not his dad, <laughs> right? And a so, sense you could stifle his growth. Right, as well. Like, man, what's going on here, right? Yeah. So it's important that we have open doors with other churches. Yeah. I mean, it, it's we're all serving, and it's the cliche, right, that, oh, we all serve one God. Yes, we all serve one God, but there's churches that act like we don't serve one God, yeah. like they or serve we one are God, and we just one church. Yeah, we're one church in this place, and you can't come, and I don't want my kids going over there. And it's like we got to grow up a little bit, yeah. right? We got to grow up and and understand that we're all serving God. That's why I love this camp that's coming up. If mm. you're listening to this and you want to go to Camp Activate 2021, I love it because it's going to be, if I'm not mistaken, our church and three other churches. Yeah. It's going to be like Let's four, go. four churches in total that are going to be. We're expecting, right oh, now that what? I can see, we're expecting about 250 people. Come on, praise the Lord. Oh, my gosh, that's a lot more than last year. Let's oh, go. Oh, yeah, last year was 160. So we're Let's expecting, go. you know, closer to 100 people more yes. just by other churches joining us. And mm-hmm. I believe when, when, when we get to unite with different people, different backgrounds, different cultures, it's just, it's more amazing. Yeah, it's testimonies. Amazing. Yeah, just gonna be... it's more amazing for sure. Come on. So I just have to ask, um, since we mentioned Carl Lentz. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to say this. Um, what would you say to someone that that were looking up to a certain youth pastor or yeah. a pastor in general, mm. and they got hurt and they're like, "Well, I don't, I don't trust any pastor," so they yeah. kind of like drifted away from church because yeah. they saw that the man on the hill that was yeah. supposed to be certain, like this certain guy, but all of a sudden he started. I mean, he failed exactly. Morally. And um, they're like, well, yeah, if he's a pastor, he's doing all that. Yeah. And I just don't want to be. I so, mean, part of that is yeah. like, 
I feel like it goes back to the question, like, are you pastors perfect? Yeah, absolutely <laughs> Are you guys not. perfect? <laughs> so I would say to that, I would say, what does God have to do with it? Mm. What's God got Not to, to do? do? Got to do with it, right? <laughs> and and the reason I say that is because that is like the number one thing of why a lot of people don't come to church, yeah. Yeah. right? And so I always tell people, okay, so let me understand this, right? You're gonna stop coming to church because someone else failed. Right? You're going to stop coming to church. You're going to stop serving God because someone else failed. So you're going to punish God for the, fa- the, for the failure of, of an individual. You're going to punish God for the failure of one. Right? So it, it, to me, that doesn't make sense. Right? Yeah. So I always tell people, I don't care if you're Christian, Catholic, Mormon, Buddhist, atheist, atheist satanic. <laughs> I don't care whatever you're. Right. We are all human. Yeah. Right? We are all going to make mistakes, mm-hmm. including the person pointing the finger and saying, I'm no longer going to go to church or I'm not going to yeah. follow God because this person failed. Yeah. That person made makes mistakes, right? Yeah. So I was, I, was, I was like, whoa, I was in shock when I heard Carl Lentz, yeah. you know, Same. morally felt. Um, because I, did, I followed him. He, was, he had some good word. Here's what I always tell people, though. We, are, we tend to look at the person. God is not going to embarrass himself. God is going to use anybody to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is pastors right now that we are currently receiving from, that we are listening to, that we feel are the most holy, that are fighting their own battles yeah. behind closed doors yeah. and behind doors and behind their own homes. Mm-hmm. But when they go on stage, they're anointed. Because it's not them. It's God using them. Mm -hmm. That's the problem that people don't understand. It's not the person. It's God using the vessel. Mm -hmm. God can use a stone to speak. He can use a donkey to speak, right? Yeah. So God can use an imperfect person to speak. Now, is God going to punish Carl Lentz? Well, that's between him and God. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not God to say, hey, you know. The Bible does talk about grace, right? Mm-hmm. So is can God forgive him and lift him back up? Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. yes. Absolutely. There's a lot of Christian people that will rather stomp on his name mm. rather than to, than to extend their hand and say, here, and that's, we're, that's we're here to help. It's kind of crazy that yeah. us as Christians, we're supposed, we, we spend more time on talking yeah. on the negative side. Yeah. Than absolutely. How can I help that yeah. guy or that yeah. some certain person yeah. get back on track, you know? Yeah. Get them back to... This side and not, because, I mean, I know for sure that a lot of people must have uh, talked bad about yeah. Carl Lentz. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you this question. Yeah. Because me and my wife had this conversation. <laughs> like, you get right? to answer a question. Right? What, what's the difference between Carl Lentz failing in his marriage with another woman and another pastor masturbating to pornography mm. in the, in his room by himself? Uh, the only one difference is that one is in private and <laughs> yeah. the other one is public. Like, right? Yeah. So what's the difference? Well, because people don't, people like to point the fingers because they failed, exactly. but they feel that their sin is less sin than the other. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Say right? it again! Right? Come on! So that that's the problem, right? Or what's the difference between the liar that lies all the time to people at church, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just that people like to put sin on a put hierarchy. sin on levels, right? Yes. Right? Your sin, and that is. Man, I should bring up preaching on the I know, come the on. levels of sin, right? And a lot of people like to look at 
others other people sin so that they can feel better about exactly, themselves. Yeah. yeah. Right? And they'll say, Well, look, hey, I just I just watch porn. This person for real cheating on his wife. There's no difference. You're both sinning. Come on. If yep. God was to come, you're both staying. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Right? Or or that person, he he speaks horrible. I don't speak like that. But yet I listen to songs that speak like that. Mm. Right? Yeah. So I'm hearing everything that that person is saying. What's the difference? Right. Yeah. Right? So we like to put sin on levels and say, your sin is greater than my sin so that I can feel better and I can boast a little bit and say, right. well, I'm not as bad as you because people like to do that. Well, I'm not as bad as you. Right? Yeah. And, and that's an issue. And that's an issue of the church because that that is the number one thing. And I preached a message where I talked about compassion. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember like a few, like a month ago. And that's what the church lacks. It just lacks compassion. It, it lacks having compassion and just loving people. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, like, people are perfect and, you know, it's somebody, you know. People. Yeah, it's, it, it, it is. I'm not saying, like, somebody's going to fail in their marriage and put them to preach the next day. I'm not saying that. There is a process to get back up. Yeah. There is people. You need community to help you get back up yeah. and get you back on Counseling track. Counseling. Right? That. Counseling. That's why God put people. Like, people that are like, oh, like, my stomach is hurting and, and, and you're like, I'm just trusting in God. I'm trusting in God to heal me. It's like, no, dude, like, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. God yeah. put doctors there to give you some medicine, yeah. right? And, and all that stuff. It, God uses people to, to restore people. Mm -hmm. yeah. God uses us to be there for community. So to answer the, your, your Carl Lentz, I would just tell that person who is listening, who has been hurt by a pastor, who has been hurt by a leader, who has been hurt by a friend, yeah. and don't want to come to church, is that we're all going to make mistakes, number one. Mm-hmm. No pastor, no leader, no friend, no nothing is perfect. Yep. And number two, don't punish God for their mistakes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Make sure that you remember. There's one person that will never make a mistake, right? And there's one person that will never fail you, and his name is Jesus. But yeah. everybody else is going to fail you. Right. right? Guaranteed. Everybody. Guaranteed. So I would just say don't punish Jesus for the failures of humanity. That's what he came for. He yeah. came for the failures of humanity, right? Yeah. He died on the cross for us. So that's what I would say. Yeah. I just want to yeah. say that. If you want to become a youth pastor, don't. Right. <laughs> that, that was no, I'm joking. No, no, pastor don't run. Said, run. No, I would just say, like, um, yeah, I hope this, this conversation bless somebody. I don't know, you know, and I just pray that, that if, I believe that God has placed callings on people, and, mm -hmm. and I, I would just say wait, wait on the Lord. Um, like, I, I, I never want, oh, going back to that story, I never wanted to be, uh, a pastor at a certain point. When I was younger, I would. I remember being like eight, nine, ten, and preaching, <laughs> preaching, ready. preaching. Yeah, I would be preaching like in my in the mirror and stuff. Oh. And then I got to this point where like I saw the life of a pastor with my parents, and I was like, no, I'm never gonna be a pastor. That's mm. like a no go. Yeah. And then God put me as a pastor, <laughs> right? So I would just say for those that that want something, because sometimes you can want things so bad and it's not your time, yeah. and you're just frustrated. Mm -hmm. So I would say, wait on the Lord. And it's going to happen when it's going to happen. But it's going to happen if he promised you that. Yeah. And that's a word from God. Just be patient and God's going God's gonna to fill it. All right. Actually, um, I just want to say, um, um, if you're a Christian, pray for your, your pastor. Absolutely. Yeah. Because that's yes, the we main need target a lot. that the enemy is going to try to get at. Yeah. So you lose faith, you get discouraged and all that. So mm -hmm. if you're a if you go to church, pray for your pastor, youth pastor. Please do because so. Because they are the ones that get attacked the most. I'm not saying we don't. Obviously, we all 
as Christians um, have our trials yeah. and whatnot. But um, as pastor, that's one of the most um, targeted person that is going to, you know, get attacked. Yeah. So yeah. just pray for them. I would love to receive all your prayers. Beautiful Breaking Bread family. Come on. All right. It's, it's Mo time, y'all. She's going to wrap time. it up. Let's go. Literally we'll start to wrap. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be echo funny. All right. Well, we just want to thank you, Pastor Eli, for yeah. coming on our podcast and just for, yeah, honestly, just for just being a your light and an example. Yeah. What'd you say? Opening his doors because we're... Yeah, thank you. We're also in his house. So. <laughs> You're in mi casa. Mi casa es tu casa. Come on. So, yeah. yeah, but we just appreciate, we know that you've just shared a lot of wisdom and you just yeah. spoke about a lot of things that, you know, a lot of youth pastors don't really get to like talk yeah. about, you mm-hmm. know, and so, yeah, so we're praying that this inspires people. Okay, let's pray. Let's do it. So, God, we just thank you for today. Actually, do you want to pray? Yeah, I'll pray. Yes, love yeah, that. Let's okay. pray. Father God, we just thank you for, for today, Holy Spirit. We just thank you that you allow us to gather here in community and have brothers and sisters that can lift yeah. us up. We pray over every uh, young person listening to this, every adult listening to this, every leader listening to this podcast, Holy Spirit. We just believe that the the conversations that we carry here, the ideas, the things that we've gone through can help someone uh, today, Holy Spirit. And we just pray that the anointing and the calling that you have placed on on people listening to this, don't let them don't let them just uh, shy away, Father. We pray that that they can continue to press on for the calling that you have placed on their lives. I thank you for this beautiful podcast that we get to share uh, the experiences and the good news of Jesus throughout the world. And just continue to bless uh, Mo and Izzy and uh, Karen as they continue to do the good work of Jesus. And we just thank you in the mighty name we pray. Amen. This is real love. This is real love. This is real love.